guys, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. We are well into season two now. Welcome back, new old listeners. Yada yada yada. I hate intros like that. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello everyone. I'm Steph, aka Kimchi, your host, which I always forget in every episode as well. I'm just a voice with no name, but no, my name is Steph Sia. I am Kimchi, your host for this podcast. And this week we are oh well, we are, I am very excited to have on another fantastic sex worker in the Vancouver community. Her name is Vivica Vaughn, and she is a wonderful and exotic stripper here in Vancouver. She's also really big into the kink community, BDSM. We're going to get into all the nitty gritty today. So Vivica, can you say hello? Are you there? Hi. Yes, I am. Hi, (laughs) Steph. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. Uh, uh, My name is is Vivica Vaughn. I have been in the BDSM community for about nine years now as a practicing kink connoisseur. Um, (laughs) I identify as a switch, femme-tom, femme-dom type person, primarily identifying as a cis-femme. I have been doing pole dance for, oh, probably about four years. I think I'm coming up to my stripperversary. Yay! <laughs> and previously <laughs> to that, I did burlesque as well on and off throughout Vancouver. Burlesque was my very first intro into exotic stage performance and erotic stage performance. I also am a fire performer and a local artist in the Burning Man community for BC. Wow. So many (laughs) things here. (laughs) I got my fingers in a lot of different pies. (laughs) I was going to say, and that's a tasty fucking pie that you're eating up right there. (laughs) Well, we're going to get into it because that's a lot, like a lot more. I didn't know you were included in so many different communities there. I think I knew about half. But where do you want to start? Do you want to start chronologically from the very, very, very beginning to your roots in burlesque? And we'll kind of go from there. It's, it's up to you, really. <laughs> yeah, sure. I can totally start with that. Um, I mean, my interest in BDSM mm-hmm. has actually been since I hit puberty, to be completely honest. Um, okay. I have always found myself to be very interested in erotic sensation, erotic performance, really just being extra. I mean, I was the type of girl in high school who would wear, like, a silver crushed velvet button-down shirt and some matching, like, silver denim bell-bottoms, and (laughs) that was me, and I had a pair of pleather snakeskin pants that my mother was constantly shaking her head at. I coveted (laughs) them until they tore at the seams. No! And then, yeah, I know, I was really heartbroken, but um, I've always been interested in dressing up and being a performance artist, I wanted to go to acting school as a kid. So being the center of attention, totally, it totally fits in with the, with the type of work that I like to do. Right. Um, I, my very first introduction to like cabaret and erotic performances was uh, Moulin Rouge in Chicago. Yes. I know there's a lot of other movies out there that I ended up watching later on in my life, like Showgirls mm-hmm. and um, Birdcage, yes. uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert. I really loved the drag movies of the the, the 90s and the 2000s. Those were really fun. Okay. They, were, they were just 
they were to me at the time they were wholesome romps so like that was the type of media I consumed as a teenager and I didn't even realize that there was a kink community until about when I was 23 uh I had heard of the local Sin City party that would happen it was basically a a fetish kink night that happened down in downtown east side Vancouver in this really amazing grungy old club right. Club 23 West. Yes. Shout out to the crew at Club 23 West. They're, <laughs> uh, they're pretty fantastic and it was a very long-lived uh, event there. It still carries on now mm-hmm. but uh, it's changed a lot. And right. so like my very first introduction to the kink community was uh, when I was about 23 I decided after I'd been living alone for quite a few years and going through some depression, I decided I was like, screw it, I'm going out. And I contacted one of my friends in Vancouver who I incidentally dated (laughs) as a teenager and said, like, I know that you go to Sin City. Can you take me for my birthday? Oh. And I know. So I ended up going for my birthday and... (laughs) I decided to go as, like, a Chicago mobster girlfriend, like, cabaret dancer, and uh, I had a lot of fun, I got to dance, and it was really my my awakening into realizing that it was okay to be a Mm show-off, there's places for you to go and show off and dress up and be sexy and be admired, and um, coincidentally, it also was how I started learning more about consent culture and, you know, previously the ways that my consent had been violated and how I may have previously had transgressions against other people where I violated their consent. And it really opened up my eyes to a whole new world of understanding what it is that I want, what I can ask for, what other people want and how to talk about those things. Okay. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And after that, I realized there was like, callerme.com which was like a fetish dating site and then there was also FetLife yes yeah familiar with that coincidentally I met my partner on callerme.com okay (laughs) yeah so uh, we've been together for about nine years Wow. Sorry. That's <laughs> to let everybody else know that I'm off the market. But off that the market. Mean that I can't give you the attention that you want. <laughs> there we go. Exactly. But, um, <laughs> exactly. I got a lot of love to give, baby. <laughs> wow. A lot of kinky love. But yeah. Um, and that was also coincidentally where I saw my very first burlesque performance and was like wow there's actually a community for people who are emulating Chicago and Moulin Rouge oh my god that's amazing (laughs) I want to do that so badly and I I ended up getting into it I did a few performances at Sin City Fetish Night itself okay throughout other places in the community and then I kind of like went through this weird phase where I wasn't sure I wasn't like sure that it fit me because I felt like there was more that I wanted and I still felt that there was like this, these confines of what the art of burlesque is. Okay. And there's still a lot of debate over neo burlesque's place in the, you know, the evolution of burlesque. And I'm wholeheartedly here for it because the only way an art survives is by evolving with the times. Of course. As we've seen now with all of these online shows and stuff that, we are finding ways to still get our art out there and be supported as artists, even though it's not the same as having like a face-to-face chemistry yeah. with an audience. Right. Yeah. It's still it's still an outlet for the artistic expression. So I still did burlesque, but I did it mostly for private parties. Okay. And and like I did some performances at private fetish parties too. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, there used to be a club in Davy Village, I think it was called. It was called Club 8x6 on Harrow Street. And oh. uh, it was a sex on premises club. So there was obviously sexual acts happening, but it was also like DJs and we did suspension performances, which is another thing I actually, part of how I got into the fetish community is uh-huh. I started as a rope bottom. So okay. I used to do shibari performances. So cool. there were times where I'd be strung up into these crazy flexible positions and just held there in midair with rope for a while. And I also just kind of created a performance for myself as well, just by, you know, twisting around in the ropes, changing positions, stuff like that. Very cool. uh, Generally, yeah, it was really cool. And it's, there's something very euphoric about rope because you, because of the way that your body is sitting against the rope and the gravity is pulling you down, it feels like you're, you're, you're still on the ground, but you're not, you've got this euphoric sway going on in the air and you get into this place called rope space and it's very, very euphoric. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, I did a lot of rope performances at, Eve, at Taboo Convention, actually. Eve used to work with a group called Vertigo Rope. Okay. Um, and they, they're no longer active at the moment. Mm. So that may change in the future. But uh, we did a lot of performances. And so throughout like the fetish community, I was performing as a burlesque dancer. I was performing as a rope artist. You did all um, the things. <laughs> I really did. You were I such a chameleon. I'm, I'm really down for new stuff. And you know what's really funny is in, up until the point of talking about where I came from <laughs> in like the whole fetish and performance stuff, I had totally forgotten I was a rope bottom with Vertigo <laughs> and I performed a taboo and stuff like that. So I'm just like uncovering these memories. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Well, I'm glad stuff, that, I guess. yeah, like I'm, I'm so glad to like... <laughs> kind of like trigger these good memories <laughs> oh, yes, thank you. I really appreciate being able to talk about it so. no it's great I'm, I'm learning so much I'm sure the audience is like super fascinated <laughs> <laughs> and it was also like my introduction into the fetish of like sissy maids uh and cross-dressing right I had a partner as well at the time uh she went by the name of Holly okay and she was kind of my introduction into the like the whole cross-dressing world and and there's like some really interesting intersections and lines to walk through those fetishes so okay it's where I started really finding what I was interested in because I am such a hyper feminine person when it comes to being in the center of attention and showing off like mm-hmm. I hyper feminine in the way that I dress and present myself when I'm performing I mean if I'm just walking through the mall or going going grocery shopping I'm just wearing sweatpants and my hair is pulled back in a bun likely unwashed (laughs) so I mean you wouldn't be able to pick me out of a crowd which is kind of nice but at the same time like (laughs) it gets it gets kind of be like a little rut that you get stuck in and then you put some makeup on and you're just like whoa I forgot how this feels (laughs) let's do this more (laughs) totally feel that with COVID (laughs) Oh my gosh, like this is the first time I've put makeup on, so in like probably about three months, honestly. Oh I've gosh. got like four makeup palettes I just bought and haven't touched yet because I'm like, oh, pretty colors. Oh, no inspiration. No, I feel you. Like I, I wore makeup. I wore makeup. I wore a lipstick for the first time in like a month or so, maybe two months mm-hmm. yesterday. And I was like, I look so different and I love the way it makes, makes you feel, makes you transform and stuff. Oh, totally. <laughs> and that like really like tying this back into the cross-dressing mm-hmm. and the fetish and the forced feminization. Like I understand where that power and that 
that desire to be like the center of attention and, and, you know, sexy and slutty and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's this weird little intersectional knot when it comes to like cross-dressing as a fetish, cross-dressing as a self-actualization for a trans person, right? forced feminization as a way of being encouraged in a safe space to exude that feminine identity and energy. So right. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very complex thing because not only are you playing with someone who has these identities and these personalities or this expectation of who they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it can get really tricky, but I find it very rewarding, honestly, when you can create that safe space for, um, say, a cis, a cis man mm-hmm. to be able to wear a pair of frilly underwear and stockings and some pink lipstick and, and be allowed and encouraged and totally applauded or like just made to feel good about that yeah so it's uh, for me it, it is very niche very very niche I really enjoy it honestly it's very rewarding for me to see this person enjoying the same things that I enjoy and understanding the power of putting on dark red lipstick and thick black lashes like right. it's it's like you just turn into a completely different person and yeah, uh, I really enjoy seeing that transformation how did you get so, into like the whole cross-dressing? Sorry. sorry to interrupt you there. I'm just curious. No, like, it's totally okay. <laughs> I love everything. Like everything's flowing so well. <laughs> it's so perfect. I just want to know <laughs> in terms of like, how did you get into like the whole fetish of cross-dressing and forced feminization? Well, like I said, it was my introduction with Holly. Oh, um, right. Yes. And it's okay. Uh, Holly... Like, I, I have a very special, like, she's got a very special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. I really love her. Um, I'm still in contact with her. Okay. And uh, we do, we do still play and stuff like that at times. It's not as, as extravagant as it was when we were, you know, in the, the thick of our DS dynamic. Right. But it, there's, it's still there. And I, I really feel like I've always had this thought that it was really strange that, I could dress as a tomboy. I could dress like in jeans and a trucker hat and like a ripped up white t-shirt or something like that. And no one would really give me a second glance. Right. 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 But when it comes to, um, um, cis male or cis man, like expressing a femininity or, you know, wanting to be a slightly more feminine or androgynous, it's, it's, bastardized by society it's so taboo and I even realized this as a kid and a teenager that it was really really weird it wasn't okay in my mind and when I was introduced like I always knew there were trans people out there like I I used to watch like late night showcase and you know all (laughs) those shows about like taboo sexuality and like I watched this one about ballooners people who love having sex with or like, you know, like, you know, are aroused by balloons and inflatable animals. And, oh, really? You know, cool inflatables. Yeah. No, it's I never an heard of that one. other fetish. I, I don't know very much about it, but I know it exists. Okay. Um, I never heard of that one before. <laughs> oh, yeah. Interesting. No, I mean, if you can think of it, somebody's got a fetish for it more than likely. <laughs> totally. Yeah. If, if you could think of it for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I always knew that trans people existed. And at one point in my early 20s, I had an online relationship with someone who originally told me that they were 
a male, like a boy. Mm-hmm. And I found out later through the online grapevine, through our our connected online circle, that this person had been lying to me, and they were they were born as cis femme. Oh, and, but they were trans trans mask. So they right. were in the middle of kind of actualizing that. And, you know, it was really at first I was really hurt by it. But mm-hmm. afterwards, when they explained to me that it's just sometimes you're just born in the wrong body. Yes. And it just it clicked for me. I was kind of like, OK, that, you know, that makes sense. And I mean, it makes sense to me that this would happen. Right. And I was like, OK, I understand. And when I also was like talking with this person I realized just the type of danger that trans people experience in their lives having to lie about who they are in order to survive yeah that really sorry that really made me sad and that made me far more empathetic towards towards this person who had who had lied to me right but obviously like I forgave them and we had like at least a two year long online relationship and you know, we cammed all the time and stuff like that. And, uh, I had certain understanding a little bit more about the life of a trans person. Yeah. So moving forward and then having like met Holly and there was a lot of learning to be completely honest with you. I'm not perfect. And I've made a lot of mistakes and mm-hmm. throughout my life has obviously been a journey, but I'm always there for it because like the last thing I want to do is hurt somebody's feelings totally. or hurt them so badly that they injure themselves. Right. But that's not my, that's not my agenda. Like I believe that people should be able to live as freely and as consensually as they please. Of course. Of which, course. Is, which means that like going, going from like, this hyper masculine must be like, you know, you must be hard. You must play football. You must do all these stereotypical masculine things in order to fit in. Like these people, they wanted a safe space, a safe person to be able to express themselves with. And to me, that's a huge honor to be that space. Yeah. And so even though I, I like, I make mistakes, I'm always there to learn and learn from those mistakes and do better. And Holly really helped me with that. And I am completely forever indebted to Holly for having the patience to teach me and take me the time to assert assert their needs and assert Mm -hmm. their identity and be respected for that. And, you know, that I'm, I'm forever in debt for that because now I have firsthand experience and I can take that forward and use that in other relationships or in other friendships with trans people of course so yeah and (laughs) try to connect the dots here no that's okay there's so much to unpack there as you said like it's a lot of like a lot it's yeah there's a lot lot of learning there's a lot of emotions involved in it too totally but um part of me just really hopes that I don't come across as like a fetishist because that's Mm. like a huge problem in the trans community is being used and dropped as a fetish and that's so dehumanizing and that's again not what I'm here for so I I try to be very careful walking the line of talking about how I enjoy how I enjoy encouraging cross-dressing and forced femme because I want to be that safe place for someone to be able to express themselves especially when we're still evolving as in a society that allows this type of expression from cis men. Of course, of course. And I'm really, really and glad that you said that. too, so. Yes. 
are all inclusive. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really glad that you said that in terms of the the term fetishist. Do you want to kind of go more into that as well? Because I haven't really heard much about that myself. I want to be more like general explanation, but if you want to come more into each like specific, you can. <laughs> okay, so um, I also would like to backtrack and realize that I have been mostly talking about cross-dressing as far as cis men is concerned. Right. I'd also like to say that cross-dressing, there's a weird line to walk there between it being a fetish and it being a self-actualization for a trans person. So right. I have provided this safe space for not only cis men to express their femininity, but also trans women to express their femininity as well in a safe place and, you know, um, you know, have a sister to dress up with or something like that. So I just wanted to backtrack and, and real and mention that I realized that I, I kind of overused the word cis men there. So, That's okay. That's okay. But, um, yeah. So like, there is, there is these, there are these two camps not to not to make a pun mm-hmm. um, for cross-dressing. There's cross-dressing is a gateway to self-actualization for like gender identity, right? And then there's cross-dressing as a fetish. Now, right. I these are just my thoughts. Okay, I am totally fine being corrected or having people talk with me about this, and I'm always here to listen. I believe that cross-dressing would be less of a fetish if feminine attributes or like emulations of femininity in mm-hmm. men in general were allowed more societally right and um, they're usually not it's usually policed and you know projected that like uh, hyper masculine characteristics are more preferred as, as you were explaining mm-hmm. before yeah totally i hear totally. you on that mm-hmm. yeah and this an, it's interesting because there's also this whole thing where so, some women who end up finding out that their partner is a cross-dresser, they realize that they never would have gone out of their way to date a cross-dresser until they realized they were dating one. Okay. And so it's frustrating in a way for these people out there who want to, to be able to, to express this femininity in a safe environment with a partner and being scared to because of the stigma and it pushes a lot of people into the closet whether right. it's regarding their their fetishes and their you know their needs or their gender identification mm-hmm. so i i like i believe that the fetishistic side of it can be harmful but it can be practiced in a respectful way the disrespectful way would be t- is like you know how you get guys who are cheating on their wives with a tea girl or something like that. Mm-hmm. And their tea girl is their side dish or they're dating a tea girl under on the DL so that their brother, they're like their friends or their family don't find out. Cause it's right. this dirty shame. And like, that is, it's so dehumanizing. Right. Absolutely, Absolutely. dehumanizing. Like if it were more accepted in society for men to express feminine attributes, it, we wouldn't have that problem. To no. be completely honest. Yeah. It would be okay for someone to, for, for someone who is like who was born a cis male to just dress as they please and their partner of whatever gender identity is totally Supportive. societally fine to date them. Yeah. We would have so much less of these problems and these fetishizations and these broken hearts. And if we were just a little bit more accepting of people just, just in general expressing themselves as they need to be as long as it's consensual and safe. Right. 
100% agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot there. <laughs> it's just oh, a lot. gosh, yes. I'm so sorry if this is like I'm rambling or kind no. of going in circles. No, 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 no not I'm hoping that I'm cohesive right now. <laughs> no, you are. You've always been like going back and I'm just like, this is, this is perfect. But I'm really, really glad that you, you got into that too because then even that, uh, as you said, there is quite a fine line between the two and mm-hmm. and not everyone is aware of that as well, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's, it's like people have to realize that there is another person on the other side of your fantasy. Yes. Then that person still needs to be respected. Yes. Inside the fantasy and outside the fantasy. Like it is not, it's not just like picking up a porno mag and, you know, jerking off to it and then tossing it aside. Like that's Mm -hmm. a human being. Yeah. And you can't treat people like that. And that's why there's this division between the two that makes it that really muddies the waters because sometimes people have to ask themselves like am I doing this just for my benefit Mm -hmm. or am I legitimately interested in creating and cultivating a relationship with this person right so it's I've heard a lot of really heartbreaking stories from trans women cross-dressers tea girls Mm -hmm. in general um just being a fetish and being used for who they are and then dumped. And it's, that's it's not okay. It's Definitely really heartbreaking. Okay. Yeah. That is just like inhumane to do that. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely inhumane. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. thank you so much for bringing that whole conversation up. It's not something that we've discussed on the podcast yet. So it's yeah. really eye opening to have that. And, um, I'm ashamed to say I've only ever had one trans individual on the podcast. So if there are any other trans sex workers out there that would like to be featured, please let me know. We've only ever had uh, Demi Mundane on the podcast, who's a trans porn star. And I've been trying to kind of conscientiously look for guests to go on the show that I can really learn more about and that our audience can really benefit from. Because again, these things aren't really talked about ever. Yeah, totally. It's it's dicey having a cis woman talking about trans women and their identity and cross-dressing and how that all ties into it and such. So I'm I'm doing my best to be the utmost respectful and to only talk about the things that I understand and the things that I've experienced. So I am totally happy to have people shout me out and say, hey, can we talk about this? Yes. So that's, that's fine by me. Perfect. <laughs> I also want to always here to learn. Yo, yes, and like it, it sounds like you're just like an <laughs> ever learning student. <laughs> I would say. I mean, well, we have to be honestly yes. if we want to get anywhere in life. You got to keep learning, otherwise, you keep chasing your tail. <laughs> yes, thank you. Well said. <laughs> but I also want to talk about. Um, I guess maybe if you want to talk more about the, the kink community that you want, like in terms of like the services that you provide. Also, if you want to talk oh, about yeah. stripping, there's so much to uncover here. There's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> two I'm, episodes like, on this. I've got this. an entire bag of tricks under my bed. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I've been, I've been collecting, I've been collecting fetish gear, restraints, latex Fun. toys and stuff for years. I have quite a toy chest and quite a, repertoire of skills um so I primarily uh I primarily like to work with um women or you know Mm cross-dressers whether they are 
they're identifying as trans or just cis male who's interested in expressing femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's primarily my niche. Okay. I yes. do, I do femdom as well. Um, in both the aspect of, you know, forced, forced femme and cross-dressing, et cetera, as well as like, uh, mass, uh, masculine subservience or male subservience. Right. Um, I, I like protocol. I know it's kind of weird, but okay. like, I, I kind of like, sometimes I kind of like making up these like little <laughs> shifty little rules that are going to be like, that allow me a little bit more fun. Like, totally. you know, every time like, if I have someone on a St. Andrew's cross, every time they bend their knees a little bit, I'll, you know, smack their calf with the cane and, you know, continue on what I was doing with whatever I was doing. But like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of. I'm a bit of a brat dom in that way. I love, I love to be bratty. I love to, you know, kind of make painful puns. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I will totally pun at somebody while I'm playing with them just to get, just to get a reaction, whether it's a laugh or a groan or roll of the <laughs> eyes. It's just, it's fun for me to kind of push those buttons, obviously consensually, of never pushing past boundaries, but you know, just pushing buttons here and there. Uh, getting a reaction. Uh, I really like, I really like sense play. Like I really enjoy creating a sensual experience, whether that's to do with like, um, uh, whether that's to do with playing with the five senses or restricting some of the senses. And can you give like an example of that too? Oh yeah. Um, that's so cool. I heard of that one. So <laughs> so, like you know, it's as simple as using like a blindfold and okay. a uh, and a gag, or using perfume. Like you know, because cross dressing involves lingerie. Like sometimes people will will request like you know a pair of worn panties to be put on their face so that that's what they're smelling while mm-hmm. you are while you're doing what you're doing with them. And right. I mean, there's a whole scientific thing about pheromones and such that's released through our genitals and our mm-hmm. scent glands and sweat glands, which is why there are fetishes such as like smelly socks or smelling yes. armpits and, you know, body sweat, body odor, that type of thing. Like that's definitely a whole other fetish. Yeah. 100%. Um, and so like playing, playing with the five senses and also like the skin is the largest sensory organ on our body and there's so much of it and it varies on sensitivity. So, I mean, like sometimes I'll, I'll love to put like a, a Wartenberg wheel, which is like this really sharp little pinwheel with needles that you can kind of run up somebody's skin. You can what? put it in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a reflex tool. It totally pushes on medical fetish as well. Wow, um, they're very cool. mean. They're, they're, they're quite mean sometimes if you use them correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my, <laughs> one of my favorite things to do to somebody is to put it in. If, if they're consensually okay with me playing with their feet, um, I can, I'll put the Wurttemberg wheel in the cold water and then I'll run the little needles up from the bottom of their heel up all over their toe. Oh my gosh. And it, it, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty exciting. I, lo- I love, I love those little playing, fuckering around with sensations and stuff like that. Wow. So, I mean, restraint, restraining someone is also kind of, uh, a sense play in a way that you are taking away their sense of control. Yes. And, uh. Yeah, just blindfolds, gags, using scents, or using hot and cold play. Impact play is another one of my favorites. I uh, personally, for me, I am a switch. Okay, I yeah. do sometimes. I do sometimes bottom. I don't. 
I rarely sub anymore. There's for me, there is a difference between bottoming and subbing. Okay. Um, can you yeah, can you quickly like explain? Yeah, totally for the audience. <laughs> yeah. So like to me, to me, bottoming is like a low protocol interaction in BDSM. It's like we have negotiated this scene. I am submitting to the like not sorry, so not submitting. I'm bottoming to this to this scene that we've demonst- that we're going to demonstrate. And for me, like submission and subbing is kind of it's more of a there's more protocol to it. There's a lot more mm-hmm. protocol to it. So, I mean, there's going to be rules. There's going to be right. um, consistency in the interaction. It kind of, it takes on more of a life than bottoming. Okay. To me, like a, sub, subbing to me personally, my definition means that there's, there's a commitment to this dynamic. Yeah. So, whereas like I could bottom as a rope I could do rope bottoming for somebody, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're in a DS dynamic or a DS mm-hmm. relationship. Right. I feel like bottoming is kind of subbing light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that too. I'm like a light version or like an easy version of sub- subbing. Kind and- <laughs> of, but it's not necessarily easy in what you're going to be experiencing. No. Obviously that's all like negotiated. Yes. But- I mean, it's it's less of a long term commitment to me, at least. Okay, and you probably say the same, um, something similar in terms of topping and versus yeah, doming. Then totally, totally. Cool. That's really cool. Eye opening. Yeah, Thanks for that. Totally. <laughs> sidebar, sidebar. <laughs> exactly right. So, uh, like the other things that I I I do, like I do foot foot fetish. Uh, shoe worship. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I love shoes so much. So I mean, <laughs> I have way too many pairs of shoes. I have like some shoes that I'm actually like getting rid of. Like I'm looking for a buyer for. They're Perfect. my old stripper boots. And yes. um, you know, you know, some people like that. I just haven't been, you know, I haven't marketed them out there yet. <laughs> been a little lazy through quarantine here, feeling so demotivated. Oh, I hear you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I, I do foot fetish, foot worship, body worship, uh, stocking worship, for stocking worship. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah, like a little bit of everything. Like I really just enjoy playing. There's like there's a few things that I definitely won't do. Like I won't do blood play, okay. um, uh, blood or period play, like anything like that. Uh, no coprophilia. Yeah. Uh, no, like the most I might do is golden showers, but I obviously I'm not into letting people drink my own urine. Yeah. <laughs> that's not really my thing. Shout out to everybody out there who likes that. That's totally cool. I'm yep. not yucking your yum. No. <laughs> just, I prefer, like, I would not like to do that. Uh, and that's okay. <laughs> that's totally okay. And that's okay. And that's fine. Everybody has their boundaries. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you have to respect and- it. So. Oh, totally. And CBT, like finally, like one of my absolute <laughs> favorite things. And so this is, this is really funny because I mentioned this just before we were talking, yes, um, before we please. started recording. Yes. Uh, there's <laughs> so there's two different definitions for CBT. <laughs> and in the psychology community, in the mental health community, CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy. Basically like reframing your thoughts and being you're like obviously cognitively changing the way that you behave in your mind. Whereas CBT in the fetish community means cock and ball torture. <laughs> and that's one of the things I specialize yes. in for sure. Yeah. And, and they're wildly different. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. All right, guys, we are back. Unfortunately, 
I had some problems with technology and it cut out and I couldn't record. So on that high note, (laughs) which is really frustrating, we do have Vivica back on the podcast right now. So if you hear a change in audio quality, it's also because I'm using my mic again. So yeah. Anyways, just had to kind of preface you guys for that. But uh, Vivica, we want to talk about Sex Panther, because I don't know anything about that. You're on that. I've noticed a lot of other sex workers are getting on the Sex Panther train right now. Do you want to kind of tell the audience what Sex Panther is and kind of go into that and say hello again to the audience? (laughs) Hi, everybody. Sorry about having to postpone and start recording again, but we're all good now. We're Um, all good. So yeah, Sex Panther is a secure sexting service. So basically, um, when you sign up as a performer your your phone is connected to your account but the phone number that you have is actually scrambled and sent through a server and comes out as a different phone number oh and the same cool. thing happens in reverse with um with your client so it's completely secure in the fact that your name uh is like your your performer name and uh your ability to text back and forth like I don't even think you get to put your location on your profile which I think is really important too it's like that's an extra little bit of security that you really are just like you know internet fantasy cam girl sexter which is great (laughs) and I really appreciated that about the service how secure it was the same thing with the photos and the uh, videos that you might send they're like securely you can only you can't really view them on your phone. You actually have to go in through your browser and view them on your messaging profile. But most of the time, text uh, will come back and forth, you know, through your phone. But you can still access them through your your browser on your Sex Panther page. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've had an array of I've had some very interesting experiences on there, actually. (laughs) Like, uh, I've done foot worship videos. I've done, like, you know, solo masturbation videos. Uh, I'm a little less, like, I... I don't like masturbating for myself in front of a mirror or a camera. I'm still not, like, there yet as far as, like, completely loving myself. Just going to put it out there. I (laughs) still have a self-love journey that I am on. And that's allowed. Anybody else who... (laughs) Exactly. And I was just going to say, anybody else who, like, you know, might look at someone's Instagram and be like, oh, my God, they've got it made. They've got it together. They're so amazing. And it's like, just don't compare yourself to that. Yeah, comparing is like the worst thing. I've made that mistake before. And it is, it's really pushed me back on my self, self-love journey. And uh, I'm saying this aloud, too, just to hold myself accountable that, like, there is no shame in, in learning more about yourself and learning more about what you want and what you love about yourself because you you're like the the best person in the world to tell yourself these things like don't rely on other people to tell you that because you're just gonna feel empty at the end of the day me personally I felt very empty at the end of the day and it's become a little bit of a challenge sometimes especially with not having the attention on stage being a stripper and being Mm -hmm. a performer yes that I like I've I've realized that sometimes I did supplement my self-love with the love of of you know being a fantasy yeah you get from being a fantasy which is like totally it's I don't know it's like it's like eating potato chips (laughs) (laughs) I get it it's like eating potato chips it's empty calories but in that moment it's satisfying and then later on after you've eaten a bag of potato chips which is totally okay 
totally fine. <laughs> if you eat a bag of potato chips, just later on you feel like, oh, crap, I, I feel like I need to eat some real food. Yeah, <laughs> I need, like, yeah. I need some real self-love. I need the real thing. I need to give it to myself. Right, yeah, because so, it's, yeah. it's not as satisfying, you know, <laughs> after the fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I did the same thing last night. I'm going to be totally real. Like, I <laughs> we, got, we got some Krispy Kremes, and I had three donuts, and then I was like, oh, I, sh- I, I know I should eat some real food right now. <laughs> Girl, you do so, you. <laughs> I mean, just love yourself. Yeah. Eat, if it makes you happy, eat the donuts. If it makes you happy, eat the chips. But yes. just remember the good stuff that you do have to give yourself still. Absolutely. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that. <laughs> Sometimes we all need to hear that a little bit. But you also mentioned you're also a stripper. You also work at the club. Yes. We haven't even talked about that yet. And that's how I know you because obviously like we've taken some classes together you were both, yeah. you know, instructors at that level too at a local uh, studio. So please, please, please tell the audience. Oh gosh! So <laughs> uh, I remember earlier when we had started recording, I was talking about um, how I got into burlesque and how I was obsessed with the life of like a cabaret star. And yes, I watched Moulin Rouge in Chicago. And yes, then there was a point in burlesque where I felt like I the confines of the art of burlesque were too they, they weren't they, it didn't give me enough room mm-hmm. to be like what I felt like I wanted to be and I I was really interested in pole and aerial arts and just how beautiful and strong and gymnastic it was um and I got into pole dancing through the local studio that he, um we've both been to and we both trained at and that was basically where I realized that like my my body is one of the most amazing things that I possess. Like, yes, and and I think everybody, I, I hope that everybody gets to feel that way about themselves because it's very it's very liberating, it's very empowering. And mm-hmm. I realized that while I was doing pole, like this is where I wanted to be. And of course, pole is like is attached to stripping. Stripping is what modernized and like quote, socialized pole, like, made it more acceptable in the community. Right. And that's, like, a whole other conversation that about is. How, uh, how pole dancing was gentrified in a certain way um, and has been, like, um, sort of uh, toxically moving away from its origins in order to distance itself from the umbrella of sex work and sex workers and, and you know, being being sexually liberated and such. Um, so that's like a whole other conversation. That totally but is. I, I, re- <laughs> I realized it was an access point for me. And I'm the type of person who really likes to go in knowing what it is I'm doing before I start doing it as like a performance. Mm-hmm. Even this, like the same thing with my, my fire performing. Like I, I, I really wanted to know how to handle my tools before I, I stepped out on that beach of four or five years ago and lit my fans up for the first time. I wanted to know how to move them so that I wasn't going to look like I didn't know what I was doing. Right. To me, that's one of the most uncomfortable and most vulnerable positions for me to feel like I'm in is when I'm just like, oh, do I actually know what I'm doing here? <laughs> and then the whole imposter syndrome thing just starts spiraling out of control. And, yes. and I deal with that so often. Like I dealt with that. That's what kept me from teaching for so long at the studio was that I'm like, do I actually know what I'm doing? Yes, you do. You're so good. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) You are. Um, Thanks. (laughs) So 
like awkward thank you <laughs> but um I uh I really got into I love the flow around the pole like as being a flow artist it's the idea of using movement and balance and physics to connect your body to a tool and manipulate either your body around the tool or the tool around your body right and that's very much where I saw pole and floor work and I felt as if my body were the tool that were being manipulated in the way that you would use all contact points on the floor when you're doing like a shoulder roll and stuff and you just you work on making it so fluid that it literally looks like you are you are fluid and yes you are flowing in a way so totally um, I was really mesmerized by that and uh, being the perfectionist I am, it took me a very long time to feel like I was good enough to actually perform or, you know, do an amateur contest or start teaching. And in, in a, in a kind of hindsight's 2020, I'm really kicking myself right now for not having started it sooner just because of this whole COVID mess. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> uh, I feel yeah, the same like, way. Oh. Yeah. So... I did my very first amateur contest in, I started pole in 2016, the new year of 2016. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I think I did my very first amateur contest in March 2017. And then in later of 2017, I started lap dancing at the penthouse, which is where I went yes. for the amateur contest. Like, Home club. God love juniors amateur contest. Yes. Like, oh my gosh. That, like, <laughs> it's a juniors amateur contest. Like, I lived crap, for I that. I love that. <laughs> I, I really love, I got to do a shout out to Samantha freaking Mac. Like, yes. like, Samantha fucking Mac. Like, she is just. I, I absolutely adore that woman, and I'm so grateful for her creating such a fun environment for the amateur contest to happen. Of course, she's Samantha Mack. She's sassy. She makes, yes. these, you know, she makes dirty jokes. She makes jokes at the guys' expense. <laughs> like, it, <laughs> shout out to Samantha Mack. She's such a great energy, and if you haven't listened to her episode, you should probably go back and do that because she is yeah. incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I absolutely love her, and uh, I'm really happy for her and her success and everything like that. Yes. Uh, I was also going to say another shout-out to the other house mom at the penthouse. Her name is Michelle, and she is just 100% amazing. And as a baby stripper, I really appreciated her. Mm -hmm. She was very helpful and very kind, and she's always, you know, taking care of us. And she's done a really good job of that. And I just wanted to say thank you so much, Michelle. We love yes, you. Yes, we do. We love you so much. We also really miss <laughs> the penthouse so much. Miss the penthouse. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm so excited for whenever it gets to open back up. I know. I'm, 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 hearing, some, I'm hearing some cool stuff. Me too. Me too. I cannot cool wait stuff. to see the changes. Yeah. I, I miss Maddie. I miss Ben so much. I know. I miss Crystal. They were all so great. Like, the staff at the penthouse is, like, amazing. So. It's like family. Shout out to Penthouse too. Yes, big yeah, shout it really out. Is. Like, if you're looking for a really amazing, fun place to go, it went post COVID when we're actually like allowed, allowed. Out and you know, they were, we're allowed to have responsible parties because that's not happening it's not it's not no it's not and I'm just like y'all are making it worse for everybody else please stop stop now like that's another topic my dom voice (laughs) what wait what is your dom voice I want to hear it my dom voice oh my gosh 
Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. Now I can't even like remember how it goes. (laughs) No pressure, no pressure. (laughs) I've been sexting so much, I can't remember what my Dom voice sounds like. That's okay. So uh, so, here, I'm just going to be like, I'll just do it. Okay, so this is my Dom voice. Vivica Vaughn here speaking and you will fucking listen. Oh my God. I just got chills down my spine. <laughs> that was so good. Oh my yeah, god. That's, that's so commanding. Like, that's my role play voice. I yeah. love it. Other times when I'm it's really funny sometimes just because I am very statuesque and imposing. Uh, when I was stripping, I had long long dark hair and I wear it up in a high ponytail yes. on my head and I would do the dark cat wing eyes and eyeshadow and the dark lips were my trademark for sure like everybody knew me for having like dark red lipstick dark purple black like dark slate gray blue type of stuff and 100 very imposing and goth and just like very, yes very strong and especially like i'm wearing seven inch stilettos so i mean yeah i'm statuesque six foot two and yeah I'm you're already tall like, oh, wow you're tall <laughs> yeah so you're I'm really like, tall wow, you're observant <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that <laughs> Like, I didn't know, but that's okay. Like, you you know, you play it off. Though sometimes I, I will admit I have sassed people because I'm just, like, not in the mood for it. And no. Like, no one has like, time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you've heard it, like, 60 times in four hours. It's Gets like, old. Nope, I'm not, I'm not answering to no. it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I constantly get passed off as the, like, the tall bitchy dominatrix because that's how I look and I present that way and I'm, I'm going to acknowledge that but as soon as I open my mouth that entire facade falls away when I'm at the club because I'm just talking like this and I'm super excited about things and you know I'll get into like this a topic with them and I'll be really interested and you know it'll, it'll be like a conversation that completely like flips my image on on my head because I'm honestly just naturally a lovable weird goofball I like making <laughs> jokes I'll, I'll make puns until you're you're groaning uncontrollably <laughs> puns during a scene with you just to make you groan because I like the reaction <laughs> but um I I very often get passed off as as someone who's going to possibly immediately be a bitch and I'm I'm really not like no if you if you're if you're going to approach me obviously approach me respectfully and yes. you know <laughs> don't be a jackass and I don't won't, be a jerk I won't have to be a bitch to you right? <laughs> just like come over and say hi and like uh don't don't judge a book by its cover no you don't <laughs> bite for the most part exactly <laughs> well I mean I, I tell them I don't bite unless they want me to exactly but now, again post-covid that's not gonna happen no no <laughs> might have to change oh, your approach God. on that <laughs> oh you gotta take a rain check <laughs> But yeah, uh, I've stripped at the number five. I've stripped at the penthouse. Uh, I stripped at do do do. Because you're in the circuit spot. too, There's right? Four. Yeah, I I was kind of on the circuit from about like October to. Sorry, my brain's farting. October to <laughs> March because I had more. I had more booked after my last my last week yeah it's like March 16th is when everything shut down in Vancouver like yep. everything just stopped yeah and uh I had I literally just finished my shift when 
uh, I came home and like I was like, wow, the NBA shut down. Whoa, the M- yeah. <laughs> like kind of a big deal. Shut down. Holy shit! Like this is actually going down, guys. Yep. And I did go to I did go to a like a birthday party rave that night as well. Um, and everybody there was super responsible about like, you know, keeping people, people weren't shaking hands or hugging. There was none of that going on. There were signs up around in, in the, in the space, in the space. Saying, please wash your hands. Please don't hug. Please, you yeah, know, nothing please try to respect some type of distancing. And it was a small party too. It wasn't like a rager. more than a hundred people. It was a pretty small party. And uh, that was like the last big social gathering I went to yeah. before I went on a small camping trip in July. And that's it. Like, it's pretty shocking. Yeah, but, yeah things I have changed. Just, this is why, in hindsight, 2020, <laughs> fuck 2020. Um, <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> uh, with you on that I one. I really wish that I had, I had felt more confidence in my skills to start earlier because there was a time where I was like no I I don't think I can do it I don't think I can like travel that much and it was like I started doing it like bitch what the fuck were you thinking like right. what the fuck were you talking about like <laughs> you can handle your shit you got you are this not, you are not seven years old you are fine like, just <laughs> deal with it and so, like, I'm starting to learn where some of that avoidance comes from and, you know, work through that. And that's a whole other bucket of crabs. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, again, like, I mean, I don't really know when everything's going to open up again just because cases are rising again. Like, who knows? It's a, all yeah. a big question mark at this point. But, like, I'm so uh-huh. yeah, like, uh, you're so talented. Like, if you guys haven't seen Vivica perform live, she is amazing. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I, I have been trying to keep up with uh, keeping up on my on my skill and stuff at home. I did actually give myself a bit of a shoulder injury last year. Oh, that seems no. to have uh, kind of deteriorated because I've stopped working. So right. I'm kind of in the place of just starting some physio on that. But I've Good. also I've still been putting on my heels and doing my hip circles and my figure eights and like my get downs and stuff like that. And also following some of the teachers from our studio on yes. Instagram, I've been saving their videos and, and doing them along at home too. Awesome. And I think that's actually what I'm going to try and do today, even though it's going to be like hot as balls it's in ex- my apartment. Yeah. It's already, it's already <laughs> hot right now. Like it's, it's, it's oh hot. <laughs> Yeah, it's supposed to be 32 degrees today, so yeah. At the time of recording, again, which <laughs> is like <Yeah>. gross. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's basically it. And until everything kind of calms down, there is we're not going to go back to normal. And I no. totally understand that. And I don't expect that to happen because in a lot of ways, the old normal normal was really not okay. Yeah. And I want, a, I want a new normal, but I also want everyone to be safe out there. Of and course. This is like me putting this out there to anybody who's listening and who's questioning whether or not this is real. I 100% guarantee you it is real. Yes. Please stay safe. Please do not go to big house parties. Like I'm begging you, please do not gamble with your health. Mm -hmm. And I don't care how much flack I'm going to get for that, but Mm. please just be safe out there. I 100% support this view. If you want to be able to like kind of enjoy ourselves, just got to do your part in the meantime, you know, like I know it's nice outside, but wear a mask, wash your hands, don't gather just so we could have nice things in the future and hopefully soon, <laughs> but who knows yes. when that's going to be. So the, faster we, 
do we try and do this the faster we're going to get back to being able to do the things that we like. So exactly. Come on, y'all. Stick together. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Inspiring anime music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so dorky. I love it so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a big, big dork. But like I said, I'm, I'm just this funny nerdy person like I used to play World of Warcraft I'll talk gamer shit with you and you know I'm a pretty down-to-earth person yes um, and you know just I'm funny at least I think I'm funny (laughs) you are Um, we do have a, just a few questions that came in here as well. So we'll quickly go oh, over that. Yeah, they're, they're really interesting. So first, oh, first one, where do you get your latex outfits from? Okay. Very specific. So I actually inherited quite a bit of my latex. Oh, because um, it's expensive as hell. Yeah, it is. It's so pricey. Really expensive. It is. And unfortunately, some of it hasn't kept well. I don't mm. think that it would before I was like some of the pieces I received from <laughs> funny stories. So like, <laughs> there was a Craigslist post. Okay. And this woman was like, I have a tub of free fetish stuff. What? Like, yeah, she was just like, my ex roommates left this and I don't want it in my house. And I don't know what it's for. <laughs> And there were some photos of what was in the box, and I was like, oh, holy shit. And so this box is actually the the Craigslist had been cross-posted on a Facebook group for Vancouver BDSM buy, sell, borrow, whatever group. And um, immediately people were, like, jumping on this box. Like, oh, my God, and thinking the poster was the person who was selling it, which they weren't. And I had already gotten in contact with the original poster from Craigslist. Yeah. And she was like, wow, there's there's a lot of interest in this box. <laughs> and I was like, look, I will give you $100 to hold the box for me, and I will bring you a bottle of wine as well. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. Done. Okay, sure. And so we went out there, and we got this giant green tote, and we took it home, and oh I unpacked God. it. And what was in there was probably something close to, I'd say, maybe $6,000 worth of latex. Holy shit. Some of it didn't fit. Some of it had some repairs that needed to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it had been like unwashed. So okay. it was kind of degraded and I had to throw some of it out. But mm-hmm. still like, I, That's a steal, I scored big on this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there were also like, there were like, there were some restraints and some chains and some other stuff in there like Fun. different types of latex lube and like obviously I sterilized all the stuff that I kept and whatever I sold because some of it was just too small for me mm-hmm. but um I like I I kind of scored on some of that so you definitely I scored some of my latex I was gifted some from an ex-dom who and who we were friends and she had some pieces that she didn't want anymore that didn't fit her. So wow. um, the other place that I like to go sometimes is Deadly Fetish. Yes. Uh, Deadly Couture Fetish downtown in Vancouver. In Gastown. Candy. Yes. Yeah, Such a good store. Candy and Hastings. Yeah, Just downstairs. I, I, I know that entire stretch. <laughs> yeah, upstairs, downstairs, and next door. They've almost taken over the entire building for the revolver coffee next door yes <laughs> i know exactly <laughs> but, what you're talking um, about yeah i i really i highly suggest um deli couture 
they range like mid to high prices on latex. They have some great sales too and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's by appointment only right now. So don't go running in there <laughs> um, without an appointment. Be, be COVID safe, everybody. Another question here. Favorite scenes to perform? Oh, favorite scenes to perform. By far, I absolutely love like Chastity play. Yes. And, like some CBT. Like absolutely love playing with with like little devices and stuff okay i like to use um i like cock rings i love to use weighted cock rings um i love chastity cages i have i have one that is this really pretty pink plastic it's a a very nice well-made one that's the thing with chastity devices is that you can you can get cheap ones but they're Mm -hmm. they're cheap yeah so this one is about a hundred dollars Okay. Yeah, it was $100. It has a built-in lock, and it's this really gorgeous, soft pink. It's very girly. Can you see pictures um, of this? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to send you a photo. It Please. definitely won't be a photo you can put on Instagram. But no. You might be able to put it on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait to take a look. <laughs> yeah. Um, very cool. I love, I love impact play with cock and ball torture. It's really fun for me fun. to just sit there and kind of bounce bounce those little balls around and like tap them with a crop or or whatever um amazing what's another type of play that I really like Mm, I really like butt play I really really like anal and I like pegging I really like the strap-on play and stuff like that I really like the exchange of power dynamic it's very arousing for me Mm -hmm. I like I, I wish I could I wish I could have a dick and a pussy sometimes. Like, they're pretty amazing. Like, <laughs> yes, they are. Beautiful, and they're they're so sensitive and they're so fantastic. And I I would love to have one because I'm like I'm always like, what does it feel like? Yeah, that's like, what, what I want to know. Like to have a dick. Like I really <laughs> want to know what it feels like, and it's like. I can't even imagine it, but like when I wear the strap on and I, you know, I'm pegging somebody, like it's really hot and it really does get me off. Like I'm really roused by it. <laughs> so like I'd say pegging, pegging, chastity, CBT, um, and like obviously bondage. I love, I love tying people up in like spread equal positions and stuff like that, and just just having my way, consensually having my way with them. Of course, that <laughs> sounds like so much fun. <laughs> And you know what? Like, I think this last question is very, is kind of in a similar vein, but this person asked, what are your favorite toys to use? Oh, okay. So Such a toys? good question. Mm. Mm. So, mm. It depends. <laughs> like, am I using these toys on myself? Am I using these toys on somebody else? So I'm It wasn't specified, a, so go. A varied, yeah. I'll give a varied question. So my personal favorite toy to use is I have a cordless Hitachi style vibrator. Ooh, it's okay. It's like a yes. godsend. It's fabulous. I love it. I got it on Amazon. Actually, it was gifted to me from my partner um, and oh. given to me on uh, for a, a little hello gift. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I have to say, it's been like my savior. I have sometimes a very hard time uh, with toys that don't give enough stimulation. Mm-hmm. My, my anatomy is arranged in such a way that my... My my clit is a little more harder to access. TMI, but if you see me on stage <laughs> and you see me in a spready, like you already know probably 
unless you don't, but uh, anyhow. <laughs> so for me, like, the, the toy has to be very particular. Like, uh, I really enjoy the, the, the power of this vibrator. Okay. Um, and my second, my second favorite toy would definitely be my Womanizer Starlet Edition. I have the small hand, the, the, the tiny, like, purse-sized Womanizer that has, like, four speeds on it, and it's Ooh. USB rechargeable, and I yes. have to say that, like, a really nice combination of the wand and the womanizer, just, yeah, perfect. Awesome. Just Great. Love it. <laughs> this is not sponsored. Um, <laughs> this is non-sponsored. I wish I'm this was an ad. anything from womanizer. Um, We're not paid to do this. I know the brand, <laughs> brand of the other, the wand I use, um, but it's pretty good. So okay. My tip. A tip, just make sure that you find one that has good reviews. Like, take your time to read the reviews and don't always read the good reviews. Read, read the, the bad, bad ones. Reviews. That's more informative. Of course. Because <laughs> shopping tips. Read the bad reviews. <laughs> Anyhow, so the other, the other toys that I really enjoy playing with, like I mentioned, I really like chastity cages. Like, they're, I, I really love it. It's a really, to me, it's a sexy look. And okay. Uh, it gives me a sense of power, and I like that power exchange. Obviously, it's always done consensually and never outside of the boundaries that have been given. I I love role play. Like, I really yes. do like role play. So I like my costumes. Those are some of my favorite toys, my costumes. The best. And I have to say I have a, like, a big – like, I like my strap-on, obviously, but I have a big lollipop paddle that's oh. made of really heavy steel – It was handmade by um, someone in my community. Uh, She's really awesome. She's a metal worker. Cool. And uh, she made this amazing, like, she welded this paddle together and, and, like, like, took the edges off of it and then powder blasted it, like, black. And it looks gorgeous. And it has some weight to it. So that's, like, my favorite impact tool. Cool. Chastity Cage, I'd say. Those are some of my favorite favorite things to play with wow I feel like I have to like google some of this stuff like after after the show <laughs> that's so cool thank you so much for sharing that <laughs> no problem sorry I hope it wasn't TMI <laughs> never TMI on this show <laughs> I awesome. encourage oversharing. <laughs> but before I let you go where can we find you okay so I can be found, um, I haven't been as active on Twitter lately just because I needed to take a break from it, mm-hmm. but I am starting to post on it more. So I can give you my Twitter account, which is uh, Vivica Vaughn, it just at Vivica Vaughn, Perfect. Uh, V-I-V-I-K-A-B-A-U-G-H-N. Awesome. Um, my Instagram is private right now, so I'm not really going to be giving it out. You, if you feel like you look hard enough, you'll be able to find me. Right. Um, I don't usually accept random requests unless you sent a message to me. Um, that being said, if you do send me a message and you're interested in, you know, doing an online session with me or taking tasks from me, you can message me or mm-hmm. you can tweet me. There you go. uh, On my tweet, my Twitter page, my Twitter account, I have my link tree and you can access all of my 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 base landing options. So you can access me on Sext Panther. You can access me on Twitter and you can access some other things like my Amazon gift page and whatever else I have up there. 
Awesome. Um, so I'm not really like, uh, oh, and Sext Panther too. I'm, I'm Vivica Vaughn on Sext Panther as well. Perfect. So if you feel like searching me up and sending me some dirty texts, I will definitely <laughs> text you back. Awesome. And we could have some fun. Have a lot of and fun. For now, I'm not. Re- <laughs> for now, I'm not really dancing anywhere just at the moment because it is the way it is right now so I will definitely announce whenever I end up getting back on stage if that ever happens or what so that's that's about all the ways you can contact me awesome and I prefer to be contacted on Twitter if you are going to contact me Perfect. And I'll be able to like put your Twitter and your link tree and your sex panther all in the show notes. So it should be available if you just awesome. scroll down. So that's where you guys can find Vivica. Guys, hope hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. It was super insightful on many different levels. You are so informative <laughs> about this. Thank you for your expertise. I just ramble a lot and I have a lot of information. So sometimes it just comes out in this like nonstop stream. No, it's great. It's so much, you know, I always appreciate more information rather than, okay, I don't know what this means. I'm going to have to Google it later. I'm going to have to like, (laughs) you know, prompt more. You have to do your extra research, which is kind of hard. Yeah, which can be annoying. But this was so great. Everything was packed in. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Vivica. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. I really appreciate you having me on the show. And I can't wait to hear it drop. Of course. And don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe and review wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to DM me, feel free to comment or anything like that. It's Strip by Sia on Instagram, as well as my personal, which is Sia Steph. And we'll catch you guys in for another brand new spanking episode next Sunday. Thanks so much, Vivica. Thank you. Have a great one. Bye. You're listening to Stripped by Sia, produced and hosted by Steph Sia, a.k.a. Kimchi, music by Ted D, photography by Ian Davern, and graphics by Marie.